0: People want to believe. We just tell each other, just read the Bible. But what happens when it isn't so easy to understand? This is No God.
1: You are listening to the No God podcast. And as always, I am here with my mom and my dad, Tony and Sandy. Not in that order.
0: Hi, Micah. Hi, Micah.
1: And, Mom, you have some good news.
2: Oh, yeah, I retired yesterday. Yay! This is
1: her first day of retirement, and we made her get up early to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about this on this bright retirement celebration day from mom?
0: Celebration day. Well, <laughs> we're answering the question, how do I know if a Bible teacher is a safe person? That is, not just that what they teach is safe, but also if you... what they are drawing me into typically in a church setting or some type of community. Right. That is it, you know, are there ways that I can recognize either early on that it's uh, not a safe environment. So I like to call this, this uh, podcast, the toxic teachers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of no better word than toxic in this particular thing, because it is a pretty strong. I mean, you call someone toxic. It's like, well, that's a huge insult. And so it, not trying to inflame people's emotions on this. But when I say toxic teacher, I'm guessing a lot of people listening to the podcast will, it'll click in their brain. They go, oh yeah, I remember somebody that Mm -hmm. makes me think of that Um, anyhow. And they maybe weren't sure of why they felt so, you know, uh, afraid of or at least uh, cautious about that person.
1: So we're talking about more, uh, the person is toxic or the teaching is toxic?
0: It's actually both. I mean, it can be both. And really, in some ways, um, it's like any other leadership thing. A teacher is a leader. They, mm-hmm. And even podcasters are leaders. We are putting ourselves out there as, consider what we have to say to help your life. Yeah, And so there is a, kind of a high standard. And so the standard is, yes, it can be the person. Mm-hmm. Their character is toxic. And also their teaching is toxic.
1: And does this... Necessarily, they do, do the teachers themselves know they're toxic or know that they're, yeah, they're, let's just say that, or yeah, right. or is this more of just accident or both? Well, or either.
0: That, as for <laughs> all of us, yes, as for all of us, we are we tend to be blind mm-hmm. to some things that we we need help not being blind to, which means we have to have really healthy community around right. us and we have to have true accountability and true honesty. And so you can already kind of see where this might be going because a aspect of toxicness is typically secretiveness, or at least we're not getting the whole story all at the same time. It's like, well, just go ahead and try this out. Yeah. And there's different ways that we individually can get hooked into wanting something to be true or wanting something to be the right thing. Wanting this community, this church community to be, oh, finally, I found a place that I Can connect, and I can be encouraged. And so so we tend to be a little bit blind sometimes.
1: So this could be kind of a guide to recognize people that might have, it might intentionally be trying to control you, but also to people that just might have a character flaw that is creating that
0: environment. Right. Okay. A character flaw of controlling. Right. And that really would be a lot of the common ground Mm -hmm. in this conversation. So we started, we did a podcast uh, before recently, about the, the goal, we talked about the goal of mm-hmm. Christianity and the goal of our teaching, goal of instruction. And we talked about from first, we noticed a couple things. One was from Ephesians 5 uh, verse six that says, the only thing that, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through in love, love. through yeah. love, right? Mm-hmm. Through love. We also talked about First Timothy, chapter 1, which says the aim of our instruction or the goal of our teaching is threefold. It's love, but it comes from a uh, sincere faith, good conscience, and I don't have that in front of me right at the moment. It's somewhere on the page. Um, a pure heart, good Aha. conscience, and sincere faith. That's First Timothy 1, 5, which also then becomes the springboard of our conversation, biblically speaking, about toxic teachers. And there's a lot of places that it's addressed, but really it's pretty strongly addressed in Paul's letters to Timothy, which are First and Second Timothy, and also to Titus. Um, generally, it's considered that First Timothy, the first letter to Timothy, and the letter to Titus were written in a similar time frame, mm-hmm. so they have a very they have some similar themes in them. Uh, and then also then, uh, and we actually jump ahead oh, maybe a decade chronologically. And Peter writes his two letters, 1st and 2nd Peter, and they also address toxic teachers. So I kind of like to say these are the heavyweight, and you know, again, all the apostles were important, Mm -hmm. but there are a couple of apostles. Peter is notable, and Paul is notable, and they actually didn't work together very much at all. I mean, they they had occasional times when they were together for a gathering, Mm -hmm. but they didn't do ministry together but they are two very notable people in the minds of um, early Christians and also even for nowadays. Yeah. So I thought it'd be good to kind of survey from them and get this picture of what we need to be aware of uh, to be able to say, is this a good teacher? Is this a safe teacher? And I think that safe is a lot on our minds nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't want to get... I, we're probably more inclined to bail out of a bad situation than maybe past decades and past generations i think with mm-hmm. and culturally yeah. i think we just are more bold about protecting ourselves
1: yeah. And i think some people are more aware of um the signs of abuse and stuff like that so they right. you know, they're a little bit more aware of when it's happening
0: yeah So I would say that, you know, people who are more aware of that, the aspects, you know, how am I recognizing somebody abusing me? How am I recognizing somebody manipulating me or grooming me Mm -hmm. to be abused? That kind of thing. We have a lot of great resources now in our culture that are available. A lot of great organizations that are working on that area. But if we come back to church life, we come back to faith in Christ. um, I think it's good for us to just reflect on... um, how does that all mesh together mm-hmm. to help us to make good decisions and also to be part of a healthy community? Mm-hmm. So all with right. that, in mind, that's where we want to go. So let's just think about what are some alternatives to why a teacher, Bible teacher would be teaching? What, were, what are some motivations that people are drawn to and what are they trying to do? And it would be things like, well, you just need to know uh, what you need to know in order to to maintain because let's just assume you've already become a Christian. So we want you to maintain your salvation or your status mm-hmm. in the church. And so a lot of teaching just goes toward that, which then feels like we're talking about, well, it's a discipleship or holiness. You know, you need to be more like God. You need to be more like Jesus is the phrasing more nowadays. You want to be holy less God is holy. And Peter even mentions that, that mm-hmm. that's our goal uh, as far as a character goal. But it's not the goal of Christianity. And the goal of teaching is still that first Timothy chapter one is a great description. It's love that flows from a pure heart, sincere faith, good conscience thing. So those are all great safeguards. We talked about that already. But also sometimes people think that the goal of teaching is wisdom and insight. Just make me smarter, make me wiser, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's the ultimate. So it's more of instructional type goals. Um, They are. Also, our goals that come t- sometimes are stronger in the mind of the teacher or the presenter, which would be, um, I need to generate income here, and so I need to motivate givers, and so I'm going to teach to motivate yeah. giving. And we, and then that gets tied with different things like, and if you give, you'll become wealthy. So we talked about that yeah. in another podcast. So that can be feel like the goal. And then there's also even just kind of more what seems to be more noble in our moment is social and cultural change or advancement where we're changing, uh, fixing wrongs in the culture. And that is that is the goal of teaching. And again, I would say that that's an inadequate goal. It's, it's a less than goal. It's been neglected in many circles, but to make that the focus will lose, typically, historically what's happened is, then a teacher or a church group that moves that direction, cultural, social change and advancement, as the primary purpose of Christianity then miss that we are actually working to know God, which just happens to be the name of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus came that we may know God. Right. And ultimately, even people who are not even pursuing Christianity as a viable option in their life are looking to know spiritual realities and deity, trying to discover if there's a reality in all of that. So again, our goal is laid out by Paul, which is that, that love. And the love that comes from the faith that expresses itself in love, a love that flows from a heart that's changed, a person that's changed. And so then we kind of want to just jump into. So Peter or Paul wrote that to Timothy, who was a pastor at a local church. And Paul wrote that to Timothy to give him some instructions. And so in Timothy, in that very first of that letter, um, he kind of sets the groundwork of how he's going to talk about this unsound and dangerous toxic doctrines kinds of things. And so I've, Sandy's going to read for us First Timothy 1, verses 3 and 4. So this is in that preamble to love is the goal.
2: As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless gene- genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith.
0: So we see that this reference to coming out of faith, and we know that faith has to it expresses itself in love. A healthy faith expresses itself in love, and that the goal of our instruction is love. And so he is telling Timothy why he is setting this stage, because Timothy and every church leader and every church person, eventually, if you, if you stay around church life very long, and I'm saying a few years, let's just mm-hmm. make it even a little more defined, you're going to come into situations that you become either a sense of uneasiness or a sense of caution, something is not right. And what he's talking about is that when people begin to devote themselves to a lot of speculation and a lot of intricacies of doctrines, and you know what, I like that as much as anybody, but if you can see how quickly a person's focus can get derailed from the goal is love Mm -hmm. to the goal is to figure out the mysteries. Mm-hmm.
1: The goal yeah. of secret yeah. knowledge.
0: Yeah, secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. Which is tagged in uh, in church theological discussions as Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. It's the concept that there's a secret knowledge that you need to actually really know God. Yeah. Or to really have true experience. Instead of just saying, live a life of love that is springing right. from your faith, and you're going to know God. Yeah. It is... Secret information helps me know God, whereas true biblical Christianity says faith expressing itself in love. In other words, I'm living, believing in God, living in love, and I'm going to know God better that way. I don't have to know. It pains me to say it because I'm such a uh, information person, but it is more important and it is healthier to express our faith in loving actions toward other people and to God than it is to know the intricacies of doctrine.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I can't think of a single successful cult that didn't use secret knowledge, usually behind a paywall, as sort of the way to grab onto people and keep them.
0: Right. So I would say that is one of the indicators of a toxic, what, what I'm calling a toxic teacher for this podcast, and that is, oh, you need to pay more for secret knowledge, or hang in there with us, we're going to give you 110 different are uh, a line of reasoning yeah. that'll get you to where you really know God.
1: Yeah, because even if it's not necessarily money, maybe you need to be here longer, you need to work harder, you need to prove yourself more before you can know this important stuff.
0: Right that's that part. And, and Paul then goes through it and we're not going to do the rest of first Timothy, except to just notice that, you know, our podcast on blessings and wealth and stuff is that first Timothy chapter six, especially deals with that concept that, um, it, a false teacher or a toxic teacher will, will do things like that. That godliness is a way to financial gain. Right. and We talked about that already. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a red flag that goes on there. And yet, he says that we need just to just be content with the basics of life, that we have what we need to sustain our lives and to not be pursuing wealth. Because if I'm pursuing wealth, mm-hmm. if I am doing that, I'm going to make myself vulnerable to a toxic teacher.
1: Right.
0: Because that's a character flaw of greed. I want more. And having uh, feeding our character flaws will make us vulnerable. Right. So sound teaching promotes healthy spirituality, a healthy community. And that's like laid out so that as Paul writes to Timothy as a leader, he's saying things, and there's a a couple spots, or there's a spot in chapter 4 of 1 Timothy that Satan's going to read. Some people might notice it as a familiar verse if you're very much Mm -hmm. into the church life much. Yeah.
2: The 15 and 16 or 2 and 4? Yes,
0: 15
2: and 16. Okay. Be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely, Pre- persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Yeah, I've always wondered about that last verse. What <laughs> does that exactly well, mean?
0: It's the same as what James mentions in chapter three of his little letter, which is teachers have a huge responsibility. Right. And, and so. In James, he says, don't let many of you be teachers. And so that's a warning like, you know, whenever I've tried to recruit people to be like a teacher for a group or mm-hmm. something like that, and they say no, I, I try to help them see the vision of what they can do as a teacher. But if they really have a hesitancy, I, I just say, okay, it's not right for you. Because, because the Bible itself says, don't let many of you be teachers it's a because responsibility. it's a huge responsibility. And so in this passage, he's talking to Timothy saying, it actually matters what you tell people. Yeah. And it and their destiny hangs in the balance if they accept you. And the truth is that everybody, I believe most people because some people have a dependency in their, you know, they have brokenness inside of them that they may be more dependent on someone to really direct them always mm-hmm. or give them more direction. But most people have the wherewithal to kind of progress along and make good decisions about their faith. But everybody starts off as a vulnerable person when you're being taught. Right. And you can be mistaught. And Paul is saying to Timothy, you know what matters? You're going to mess people up if you don't keep on the right doctrine, which, again, this kind of verse can be used to say, well, so that's why we've got to teach all these intricacies. Right. Whereas Paul would say, no, no. What we want to teach is faith expressing itself through love. Right. That's what we want to teach and model.
1: So by doctrine, doesn't that mean like every doctrine? It means the important doctrine or like
0: the key? Well, think of it more like a, like the, I don't want to say core, what metaphor we want to use, a plant metaphor. It's the roots mm-hmm. because it expresses itself in the rest of the plant. Right. The organism. And so doctrine... We And doctrine can be a list of specific teachings, because doctrine, actually, doctrine is an English word that translates Greek words that basically talk about teaching. Okay. So that's, I mean, yes, there are details to teach and understand. But if it, we just go off on the details and we have to master the details before we can ever do any good for anybody, mm-hmm. that is, that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. So this is more kind of like if the if the root is rotten, then everything that grows out of it is rotten.
0: Right. And he's just he's just telling Timothy that that's important. And so then he tells Timothy in, in the little second letter to Timothy, which this is like very near to the end of Paul's life, in uh, chapter four, which is the very last part of that letter. And there's verses two, uh, two and four. And I just kind of want to summarize that uh, because he tells Timothy preach the word. So there is a real there is a call to actually teach or preach, proclaim specifically things that are that are truth from God. Be prepared in season, out of season, which means you talk to people whether you feel like this is the right time to talk to them or not. If the conversation comes up, you know, because sometimes we delay speaking truth to people because we think, well, this is not the right moment. But especially if a person has brought it up to us or we are just conversing and we feel like this is the next logical thing to say. Because a a mistake that could happen in a conversation like this is, well, so then anybody who's teaching anything that's definitive as truth is a toxic teacher.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: But that's not true. It's just that we teach it in season, out of season. We teach it out of a love. And ultimately, is that person's responsibility to take their next steps. Right, with right. It. So we correct, we rebuke, we encourage people with great patience, careful instructions. So it's all of this stuff that goes on with this sound teaching. And it's contrasted with toxic teaching in a story that Paul relates, <clears throat> re-relates in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And it's a story that's the tell. Paul is relating a story that's in the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 16. So you think, oh my goodness. But Paul says it in a few sentences, so I'll try to keep it in a few sentences too. There's this event that's called Korah's Rebellion. It was a relative of Moses and Aaron who decided, what do these two guys think they they, they are in charge of everything? We are priests of God too. And so the thing was that Korah then, even in that jealousy that he had got people he got he collected his followers around him which were a lot of his relatives and other people and they were going to overthrow Moses and Aaron. And I would just point out at this point, I don't think there's very many people that are like Moses and Aaron on the face of the earth right now that are like prophets of God that are establishing something new. We are not establishing something new. Jesus established something new that we are a part of. There's not a new new to start that Jesus that goes beyond Jesus which, again, is another sign of a toxic teacher, that there's something beyond Jesus. Right, okay. And so he he brings up, though, Korah's rebellion, which is they were opposing Moses' teaching of how God wanted worship and life to happen, including the Ten Commandments for the nation of Israel. And Korah's rebellion was against Moses and Aaron's authority and against them as people. And it simply says... That in that passage in in Numbers, the Lord knows or shows those who are his, which is another way of saying it'll all be clear eventually. And sometimes in the the fog of a crisis, Mm -hmm. it is hard sometimes to tell who is a toxic teacher and who isn't. But the truth is, if we keep living our life of faith expressed in love, the fog will eventually clear. So, like, sometimes a person a person may be listening to this podcast, and they go, "Man, I, I'm in a very chaotic situation right now in the in the community that I'm in, church community that I'm in, or whatever." Well, just keep expressing your faith in love. Let that fog clear. It's not like we have to go in and um, destroy the wrong teacher, because I, for one, believe that God still takes care of people who are doing wrong. That they don't thrive forever. And especially if believers, people of faith are praying and asking God to act because it is, we can't, this is the thing. None of us can know another person's motives and it does get dangerous. I can become a toxic follower if I think I can recognize the motives of my leaders. No one can. Only God can know their motives. And we get really hyped up about knowing people's motives and just stir up more strife. Then we do any good. The important thing is to know this is the core. Jesus is the core. Faith expressing itself in love is the is the outcome. That's what I want to be focused on. And anything else is a lot of fog and a lot and a lot of stuff that could be unnecessary. And I'm not going to get caught up in that. And sometimes people might make a choice to just uh, you know distance themselves from a church because they just go uh, you know I'm not a leader in this church. It's too much fog. I've tried to talk to leaders about it you know, I don't, I personally am uncomfortable and they have to figure out how much they're going to remove themselves for how much time.
2: Right. Well, I have a question. Maybe you're going to want to do this in the next podcast about this stuff. But so what about people, because I've had this experience, that um, proclaim that they have the gift of discernment and and so that it's their duty to tell this person what they've discerned about them you see what i'm saying so it's, mm-hmm. i mean how do you deal with that if cuz you were saying it's god's it's god's point to convict people but then there's people that feel like they've been gifted with discernment
0: well not every not every church group embraces that concept that that's an active spiritual gift but for the sake of conversation and i and i don't really it it's it's not a problem to me i think though that just like all spiritual gifts there is uh, there's a credibility that's necessary like if I have the gift of discernment then I have to be right every time i can't be right half of the time mm. so it's like prophecy you either are a prophet or you're not and if you're a prophet you're hundred percent always on one miss and you're not a prophet and so I would say the same thing about other spiritual gifts that people say I'm a healer only if every time I proclaim in the name of Jesus someone is healed they are healed It can't be like 10% of the time. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's just, to me, that's more practical Christianity. And also coming from the biblical concept that the test of a prophet in Deuteronomy chapter 19 is they have to be on every time. And in fact, the penalty in Israel, not now, because we're not Old Testament people. The penalty in Israel for a person who did false prophecy, which was if they ever did one prophecy that didn't happen, didn't kill them.
2: Capital punishment. Glad we don't live back then.
0: No. But that was because Israel was, you know, that was the framework that God gave Israel as mm-hmm. a nation for a specific purpose. It's not right. our command now. Right. But, the, but, the, but the standard of you either are or you aren't is still clear. So with discernment, I would say, one, it needs to be faith expressing itself in love. Am I giving a discerning word because I actually love that person and love those that that person may be influencing? In other words, if they, let's say if they are a teacher, and I'm, I'm trying to give a word of discernment to a teacher, mm-hmm. then I'm also thinking in terms of the love that I have for the people that might be influenced by that teacher. Okay. And then it is, it's a word of discernment. I give that to them. I am not their authority person. I'm not their elder. I, you know Whatever authority person structure they have in their church. And if I'm not that, then I'm simply a brother or sister in Christ. And I give that word, and it's... It's in their lap now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't have to be now the policeman and yeah, make sure. You don't have sure... to be the
2: judge and jury of what, right. their life. Okay.
0: Right. But I would say that anyone who, my personal opinion about that is, it becomes toxic when I think that just by me always being the loudest person um, trying to dominate other people, which is a sign of a toxic teacher, would be just to intimidate them or to shame them or whatever. Any of those <laughs> fleshly type motivations... Mm-hmm that I'm giving a word of discernment to try to control them, then that's, I'm in the wrong territory mm-hmm. at that point. So a toxic teacher and anybody, I mean, toxicness comes in uh, at a core character defect of pride and arrogance, which is what the Korah's rebellion against Moses and Aaron was pride.
2: Right.
0: I wanted to be top dog. And so I'm going to attack, I'm going to make a problem for other people in that situation and that's where this false doctrine then begins to get traction because i am now controlling i'm prideful i'm arrogant and i'm dominating people just by my presence by my personal charisma or just by my personal confidence that can you can intimidate certain people with that so that's the character defect that sets it up and and that's where um we need to have a red flag flying big time. So then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in this whole 2 Timothy, which is a good place to read for everybody, but again, I'm not going to quote it, but it's just in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he goes on to talk about, then there'll come a time when people just won't put up with sound doctrine. Instead, just to suit what they want to hear, they're going to only turn on the podcasts that make them feel better about their life. Mm-hmm. You know, So at times, you know, as you listen to Know God podcast, There should be moments when you go, "Eh, I don't know if I like that. Because if we only listen, because that's not just my problem as a teacher. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but as a listener, (laughs) as a listener, learner, disciple, if I get defensive anytime somebody says something that I don't like, that's a red flag within myself. It's saying that I, it's not that I'm, maybe I don't listen to toxic teachers, but I'm not listening to anybody. But the truth is, if I'm not listening to the good, if I'm, not, if I'm not taking in the good nutrition from a good, healthy teacher, then I'm vulnerable to the junk food huh. or the uh, toxic food.
2: Because yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah. there's a void in our hearts for um, life. And the Word of God does bring life. And it's not the only thing that brings life, but it does bring life to people. So sound doctrine comes through healthy teachers teaching in a healthy way. And so just as a for example in Titus, Paul talks about that the, the leader, and in this case elders, but they also were people who were teaching in the churches. That person, what, what does he say? They must be hospitable. They must be one who loves what is good. They are self-controlled. They're upright. They're holy. They're disciplined. They must hold firmly to trustworthy message as it has been taught and again, I always put a red flag up with toxic teachers when all of a sudden, here's new information that not even Jesus and his apostles told us. Oh,
1: uh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a problem. Right. Because Jesus gave us all that we need. And Peter, and we could just well, transition because we were talking about Paul's writings to his, uh, his discipled pastors that he left at churches, And now if we kind of just transition, Paul said that now Peter does the same thing to a couple of churches in the Asia Minor area, which would be modern day Turkey, but it would include a little bit of overlap with some of the same areas that Paul was writing to. Paul was writing to Timothy in Ephesus. Ephesus is in Asia Minor, but Peter was writing to a different group of people in that same geographic region. Think of a state in the United States kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And in this, Peter talks about that there uh, there were false prophets among the people back in the time of uh, Moses and back in the time of the Old Testament prophets. And he's kind of trying to draw from those stories and bring it forward to us. And 2 Peter chapter 2 is a lengthy chapter all about toxic teachers.
1: And now we will read it all
0: unabridged. <laughs> <laughs> unabridged. No, but I think I will have Sandy give us a roll in into it with verses 1 to 3 in 2 Peter chapter 2.
2: Okay. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even, de- even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping."
0: we've already talked so i don't know if you I made mean, as as you listen and as you think about that he alludes to greed as a motive he alludes to exploiting people he alludes to fabricated stories or fabricated that can't be verified mm-hmm. so you know what that's a that's a that's a tricky one there mm-hmm. um, but they secret and there's a secretiveness so all of these things should be ringing the bells that this teacher may be actually a toxic teacher if they won't be open and transparent Mm -hmm. about where they get their information for example oh well this is you know i mean whatever somebody might say about that Um, but they secretly introduce destructive heresies that's here's my rendition on that one heresies has a etymology in the greek and actually our english word heresy is actually very close to a Tra- a uh, alliteration of the actual Greek word. Okay. So they didn't actually translate it in English. They just brought the Greek word forward. The etymology of that Greek word back centuries before Christ was, had to do primarily with something that created division or caused people to choose up sides. Mm, okay. Oh. So even though then it eventually came to be known as the particular division, doctrine or teaching of that side. And so we think of heresies as something that's way out of bounds. Right. But heresies at its core nature is it's an issue that is put forward by a teacher to divide people here. You are either for me or you're against me, or you either believe you either follow my way of thinking or different. And so, for example, I have a real problem with, uh, church leadership training, places. I'm going to be very vague here because I have one in particular in mind. Okay. (laughs) But I just, you know, that is the content of the teaching of that organization or institution Mm -hmm. is primarily learning the teachings of the founding person of that either movement or that um, institution to where the curriculum The student experience is all about that. There are no other sources that are put forward.
1: Well, taking it outside of Christianity, that's like Scientology. It's all about the book written by L. Ron Hubbard. Right. And so it's his word above anything else. Obviously, that's outside of Christianity, but that sort of thing is used in cult. Practices.
0: Mm. Yes, and and you know what? I appreciate you bringing that up because this experience in life can come from any direction. It can come politically. Mm-hmm. It can come from any kind of non-Christian religion. It can come from what would, people would call no religion. Even with uh, secular or um, a materialistic science and evolution, yeah. there is. You're either for us or you're against us. This is is the information you must get on board. So
1: a sign of a toxic teacher would be if one person's word is above everything else and beyond rebuke.
0: Yes. And you must embrace it. Right. And you must actually express loyalty to it.
1: So any criticism against the person is a criticism against the whole. Right. Hmm.
0: Yeah, we could almost end the podcast <laughs> And the truth is, we're going to wind this podcast down because it really, you know, you can create bullet points, but you see that, well, there's pride and arrogance. Well, I've known a lot of Christian people, a lot of Christian pastors that have struggled with pride and arrogance, but that doesn't make them a toxic teacher per se. It's this clustering of, and then you must choose up sides, and then you must follow exactly what I say, yeah. and you must stick to the script of right. everybody in the movie. Yeah,
1: I think... For me, when I've been in, when I start to feel really weird about any, any sort of organization or whatever is, if there's no room for questions ever, like you just can't ask questions.
0: Right. And so Peter wraps up his little second letter in chapter three, verses 17 and 18 with kind of a, kind of like uh, a drawing together, kind of a decision moment that he's presenting to his readers. Sandy, do you want to read that?
2: For us? Seventeen and eighteen. Yeah. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error, error, sorry, of lawlessness, and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever.
0: Amen. All right. So, Peter is saying, okay, I've said it all. You got it's decision time, which is trust in. The, the power of Jesus mm-hmm. to protect you, not in the power of some teacher. And also, again, we kind of almost read over it, but he, he ends it with, to him, that is to Jesus. To Jesus be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So if anyone is getting a higher degree of honor and glory than Jesus within a certain group, mm-hmm. Peter is saying, yep, nope because all honor and all glory go to Jesus not to any particular person right so if 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 i can say about the church that i'm uh a part of that all glory and honor is given to Jesus then at least that's that's a good marker to trust in but if there's a lot of glory and honor that's going to individuals or even to the church as an organization right you know, that we are, we are such a wonderful church. I don't know we can say that, but if that becomes just the mantra mm-hmm. that we are, we have got it, you know.
2: Well, and the thing of if it's all done in love, and you can usually tell that if somebody's doing something out of love or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so then to sort this out, which to kind of, and also to kind of bring this podcast to an end, to sort this out, I'd like to talk about the immune system of our souls. Okay. I, I'm intrigued by the immune system of human bodies, but there is an immune system to the soul. And it is out of this little passage that we just read in second Peter chapter three, and I'll just reread the verse 18. It says, so grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the immune system begins because it's growing to grow is to increase it's, and it's, it's actually the word Greek word. There is the word for biology. It's like plant and animal growth it's a natural organic progression so trust in your own growth in the grace and knowledge of Jesus so just sometimes we want to we want to hyper jump our growth as a believer we get frustrated with ourselves and so we find some teacher that we just feel like oh man this is going to help me to grow so much and we there is no you can't if you have a tree that is a fast growth tree, it's more vulnerable to breaking down in a storm. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true with, I think the human soul. If we try to skip just natural organic growth, of course, organic is a funny word to use about soul, but we'll use it anyhow. It We need this, this growth in strength that comes over a natural growth rather than trying to hyper grow it mm-hmm. or super grow it. And so... Um, just like, you know, in the cells of plants and animals, as well as humans, obviously, there is the mitosis of the cell, which is the cell division, which is how things grow. That's what this word is talking about. And it's a process of that division with a truly healthy cell that reproduces another healthy soul, a cell, excuse me, duplicating the genetic code. And we know that biologically, but I would suggest that in the soul, it's the same thing. We have to be content with incremental growth and so a toxic teacher often appeals to that's too hard too slow you need i can give you the secret and it reminds me of the kinds of things you see promoted about physical health nowadays about diets about exercise programs all these things that you know what and some of them are outlandish but some of them actually then say well if you do this and this and this we can guarantee you Lose 30 pounds in 30 days and yep. gain this much strength. And that might be true, but it actually may actually endanger the person's long-term health mm-hmm. by doing that to their body. And I would suggest the same thing spiritually. If we want to find this, we want to get past this this tedious growth thing because we are impatient with ourselves, we want to be better Christians or better followers of Jesus, and so we jump onto the latest fad mm-hmm. of fast growth. And it actually probably puts us vulnerable to toxic teachers by wanting to grow fast. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at toxic teachers in two ways one, their characteristics. And second, what's going on inside of me that makes me vulnerable to a toxic teacher. And I would say that impatience with who I am as a person, a lack of confidence about my relationship to God through Jesus Christ sets me in a position to be vulnerable to a toxic teacher. So I would encourage everyone to know, one, it's all by faith anyhow. And it's faith that we incrementally learn to express in love for others. If you want to learn more about uh, toxic teachers or anything that we've discussed on the Know God podcast, please just email us at knowgod.com. At, Tony at TonyKafka.com, K-N-O-W-G-O-D, at T-O-N-Y-K-A-F-K-A dot com. We'd be glad to answer you. We'd love to hear from you.
1: And we do have some exciting stuff coming up, including we, uh, well, not we, but my dad is starting a Patreon. Um, do you want to tell us what that is and what it means?
0: Sure. Well, we are going to launch that in June. Uh, we have a June 1... Um, a target. And we hope that we'll be able to hit that number. Um, one of the ways you can find that Patreon page is by just going to the website, Tony There will be a tab that will just say get involved or something like that. It won't say Patreon because Patreon is actually a background type website. That mm-hmm. is, uh, although you can go to Patreon.com yep. and search for artists and podcasters and so forth and find a lot of amazing people doing some amazing things. Well, we've chosen that platform to be a part of our expanding our reach of our podcast and our blogs. And we will be inviting as many people as possible to consider how that might be a positive thing in their life. Sandy and I have spent our years of 40 plus years of active ministry. And even a few years before that, when we were in college together doing ministry as volunteers, And what we have really seen in our lives is that God has used us the most and has gifted us to be encouragers, to just come alongside people who are trying to not just figure out a next step, but sometimes are just truly at a standstill. Mm -hmm. And so that could be people who are, uh, consider themselves strong believers and are just trying to figure out a difficult thing, a, a, a grief, loss of a child or um, a really deep challenge in the faith but also we want to uh, create in our patreon a place where people who have decided that they're just never going to go to church again or have never gone to church and don't expect to ever bother with seeing if it has anything of any value Mm -hmm. and to just be a place where not only can you get some information which I have way too much of that. (laughs) But we also will have in there um, a feature that people can either text chat with us, either Mm -hmm. like you leave a chat and we answer it later. And we will have times when there will actually be live chat time, just actual texting. And it can be, it'll be like a group. Right. Uh, But it'll be used through um, an application that will be interfaced with our Patreon page. And by signing up for a tier... Uh, subscribing to a tier then you'll have access to different features of that and so patreon is a place where artists and creators uh go to uh, make stuff available to people and to also give people the opportunity to support what they're doing and so the things that we are offering is all the way from basic informational stuff get over the hump in your life uh face the challenges in your life uh Get on a path of truly seeking some answers in your life, mm-hmm. to even mentoring, and all of this. Patreon has a as a great system, but it's also something that a person would have to just decide if it's what they're ready for next. Because mm-hmm. there'll be there's an incremental different uh, levels of uh, tiers yep. that cost more, and make us more accessible to a person. Um, we are doing this as our next step yep. to help people know God. And we welcome anybody to uh, check it out, uh, to try it out, even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, um, because we just want to know you. And by knowing you, we can help other people and help you to process things. Again, we've talked about just in the most recent podcast, the Toxic Teachers podcast, is that one thing that's never healthy is to be secretive. Mm -hmm. And so if if I am at a place that I'm stuck in my life and I'm not talking to anybody about it, I'm making myself vulnerable. Right. And Sandy and I think about people who have isolated. And of course, the whole 12 or 14 months of isolation from the, <laughs> the uh, coronavirus time has even put people in a more vulnerable place. And we know that people, that, like the suicide rate has uh, risen across the world, not mm-hmm. just in the United States. And we just look at it as we at least are safe people to talk to. And yeah. our tears will cost a little bit of money. But I got to thinking about all the things that I... Pay like monthly fees for or mm-hmm. things that I actually don't have a subscription to, but I actually spend that much money per month on them. Mm-hmm. I just go, you know what? If you think it's worth, if it's the next step for you, we invite you to take a look at that. And so that's another thing to do. Email us at god at tonykafka.com. If you want to have a personal email to invite and take a look at that Patreon page when it becomes live,
1: yep. we'd like to do that. I'm really excited about it. And I mean, at, at its basic level, it will help support this, this podcast too, and uh, being able to make it um, more regularly if we can. Um, but there'll just be a lot more resources. And so I think, you know, whether like that, I'm saying whether you are in ministry and need a little bit of coaching or mentoring, whether you're a long time Christian that just uh, needs some more relationship or somewhere to go, or if you're going through deconstruction, if you're getting out of a toxic Church environment, a toxic um, uh, faith-based relationship, something like that. This could be a great safe place to be to explore the questions that you weren't allowed to ask before.
0: Right, and we welcome those, and we we don't hold ourselves as the as the ultimate answers. In fact, we believe that as you know, we could look at it as it's a it could be a negative environment. That is, everybody who is who is upset about things are going to all get together and chat about mm-hmm. it. But I can pledge to you that Sandy and I are the kind of people who can help um, a person process. And sometimes people may chat about things that might make another person feel uncomfortable. That's okay. We want to help create an environment where people begin to get out in the open, what Mm -hmm. they're struggling with, and then they can help each other or we can help them find an appropriate next step for their life. But we are, we're excited about it. And we do look at it as a way for us to um, just continue to help people to know God. I do want to mention that this Know God podcast that is found on TonyKafka.com will continue to be, quote, free mm-hmm. and be there yep. as a place that you can you can direct your friends to and share with and stuff like that. It'll still be on all the same apps that we've been doing and stuff like that. Uh, so that's not going to go away. This is in addition to the No God podcast.